come to me. Throughout the Gospels, we hear Jesus calling us to do many things. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me, abide in me, love one another, go make disciples. But before Jesus calls us to do any of these things, he invites us to come. Come to me. Jesus is inviting us to himself. Richard Halverson, former chaplain to the United States Senate, explained how far we've moved from the simplicity of this invitation. He observed how Christianity began on Palestinian soil as a relationship with a person. It moved on to Greek soil and became a philosophy. It moved on to Roman soil and became an institution. It moved on to British soil and became a culture. And then it moved on to American soil and became an enterprise. Christianity has always been and will always be all about a relationship with a person. Recently, I read about the remarkable growth of the church in China when Mao Zedong, Zedong, I'm probably saying the name wrong, Zedong, or something like that, when he took power in 1949, there were an estimated two million Christians. Inspired by Marxist ideology, Mao initiated a systematic persecution of the church. All foreign missionaries and ministries had to leave the country. All church property was confiscated. All senior leaders were killed, and all second and third level leaders were either killed or imprisoned. All public meetings of Christians were banned with the threat of death or torture. This organized persecution lasted for decades with the goal of completely removing Christianity from China. But after Mao died in 1976 and the bamboo curtain lifted in the early 1980s, foreign missionaries were allowed back into the country under strict supervision, and they expected to find the church decimated. But to their surprise, they discovered that the church had grown to over 60 million. The church grew from 2 million to 60 million in less than 30 years. And it happened without any church buildings, without paid clergy, without the endless resources and seminars and conferences that are at our disposal today. Persecution forced Chinese Christians to turn to Jesus. And the risen Jesus grew his church. Christianity at its core has always been and always will be all about a person. Come to me. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. Jesus is inviting a certain kind of person to himself. People who are weary and burdened. Actually, the text is better translated, all who are weary and who have overburdened themselves. We quite often grow weary and overburdened because of the choices that we make. Peter Scazzaro, author of Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, he said this. He said, we say yes to too many things. Between the demands from work and family, we are overwhelmed with things to do. 
we multitask so much that we are unaware we are doing three things at once. People who accomplish much are elevated in our culture and seen as role models. Most people today are overscheduled, tense, addicted to hurry, frantic, preoccupied, and fatigued. If we are not busy, we feel guilty that we're wasting time and not being productive. Add to this the storms and trials of life that blow into our lives unexpectedly and catch us off guard. It's no wonder why so many of us are weary, disoriented, and confused. Do you know anyone like this? Come to me, all who are weary and who have overburdened themselves, and I will give you rest. It sounds like Jesus is saying that the rest that he offers is something that we can somehow experience apart from himself. I will give you rest. Again, the text is better translated, I myself will rest you. Jesus is personally involved in resting us. Come to me and I myself will rest you. Rest, the word echoes back all the way to the beginning of the story in Genesis chapter 2, verse 3. Then God blessed the seventh day. He made it holy because on it God rested from all the work of creating that he had done. What does it mean that God rested? Does it mean that God stopped doing anything at all? That he just kind of laid down in a hammock and went to sleep? No. God rested means that God stopped all of what he had been doing over the six days of creation so that God could enter into the purpose of his creating. We know this by the way that the book of Genesis, or the first chapter at least, is structured. Genesis chapter 1 was not meant to be read as a kind of scientific textbook, but a song. It's a poem. After each day, we hear the refrain, and there was evening and morning, and there was evening and morning day one, and there was evening and morning day two, and there was evening and morning day three, four, five, and six, but we don't hear the refrain, and there was evening and morning on day seven. Why? Because day seven has no end. Day seven is still open. Day seven, the Sabbath day, is the space in which the living God is now present to us. God rested means God has entered into the purpose for which he created everything else. A good analogy would be that of a builder. Creation is God's house. He built creation in six days. He stands back to admire what he has made, pronouncing it very good. And on day seven, he moves in to enjoy what he has made. And the incredible thing is that this space is still open. God is waiting for us to enter into this seventh day space so that we can be with him. How do we enter in? Come to me, all who are weary and who have overburdened themselves, and I will give you rest. In other words, come to me and I will show you the purpose for which you have been created. I will share with you the presence of the living God and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is telling us that we are weary and overburdened because our souls are weary and overburdened. Our souls are the whole of who we are, our mind, our body, our heart, our spirit. 
We don't have a soul. We are souls. When God created Adam, he formed him from the earth and breathed his breath into his nostrils, and Adam became a living nephesh, a living soul. Come to me, and I myself will rest you. I will rest the whole of who you are. I will rest your body by giving you everything you need to be still and receive from me. I will rest your mind from worrying about the future and dwelling on the past by helping you focus on my presence in this moment. I will rest your heart by freeing you from the things that you think you love and need, but only prevent you from turning to me fully and receiving more of my love. And I will do all of this by resting your spirit. Jesus rests our weary, overburdened souls through the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And this is what he's talking about when he says, take my yoke upon you. Jesus is wearing a yoke. This would have been a very shocking thing to say for those living in the first century because a yoke was actually a symbol of work, hard work. A yoke was a wooden bar placed over the shoulders of two oxen. A farmer would take an older, more experienced ox and yoke it together with a less experienced ox as a way of training the younger ox how to plow the fields, but also as a way of getting more work done. A yoke was the last thing anyone listening to Jesus would have thought of in order to experience rest. Come to me, and I will rest you. Take my yoke upon you. Jesus is wearing a yoke. He calls it my yoke. He says, my yoke is easy. He sees that we are wearing yokes that make us weary and overburdened. The yokes that we're wearing quite often weigh us down. Jesus is inviting us to take off the yokes that we're wearing and exchange them for the yoke that we see him wearing. We're all wearing a yoke, whether we're conscious of it or not. We are all yoked to people and possessions. We're all yoked to values and ideas. We're all yoked to a certain way of seeing God, ourselves, and the world around us that has been mainly formed by our experiences in life. Every person is wearing a yoke. Jesus is telling us that we grow weary and overburdened because we're wearing the wrong yoke. Refreshment for the soul comes when we transfer yokes. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Question is, what is Jesus' yoke? What is his burden? Jesus calls it his yoke, meaning it's something that he himself wears. And he calls it my burden, meaning it's something that he himself bears. It turns out that Jesus has been wearing this yoke for all of eternity. He wore it before taking on our flesh and blood. He wore it the whole of his earthly life from cradle to the cross. And he's wearing it right now. What is the yoke that Jesus is wearing? The rabbis of Jesus' day referred to the yoke of the law 
And many scholars today think that Jesus' yoke is his reinterpretation of the law that we read about in his Sermon on the Mount. But this doesn't fit with the context of what Jesus is saying. If you have a Bible, just look back at verse 25 for a second. Watch what Jesus is doing. He's praying. He's talking to his Father. He says, I praise you, Father, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Jesus' invitation to turn to him, to come to him, emerges out of his desire to make his Father known to us. He says, yes, Father, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Jesus is God the Son having a conversation with God the Father. It is one of the most intimate passages in Matthew's Gospel. In John's Gospel, we hear Jesus praying out loud all over the place. But in Matthew, Mark, and Luke it is rare that we actually hear Jesus praying out loud. He says, No one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then Jesus turns to us. From within this conversation that he's having with his Father, within this relational intimacy that he has with his Father, and he invites us to come. When we read it in the context, Jesus is really saying, come, get to know my Father the way that I know him. Come, enter into my glorifying my Father. Come and experience the love that my Father and I share with one another. And Jesus is saying all of this surrounded by conflict and trouble. We zoom out even further. The cities of Chorazin, Bethsaida, and Capernaum were rejecting Jesus and his message. Some people were accusing him of being in league with the devil. Some were accusing him of being a drunk and a glutton and a friend of tax collectors. Some thought he was out of his mind. The, 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 the religious leaders, they're trying to kill him. Yet here he is praising and delighting and trusting his father. And he turns to his disciples and says, come to me. Take the yoke that you see me wearing. Come and experience my relationship with my Father and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus' burden is to do the will of his Father. He lived in constant communion with his Father. In John's Gospel, Jesus says, I only do what I see my Father doing and I only speak what I hear my Father Father speaking, I and the Father are one. Read through the Gospels and ask the question, what is Jesus' burden? You'll see that he's not burdened for acquiring more power or more possessions or trying to please people. He doesn't seek the approval of the scribes and the Pharisees. He's not trying to get a blessing from the Sadducees and the chief priests. He has no pressure within himself to try to please Herod or Pilate. Whether the power structures affirm him or deny him is not his burden. He's not trying to please his disciples. He's not trying to please his brothers or his sisters or even his mother. Did you not know I had to be about my father's business? Spoken at the age of 12, these words shaped the rest of his life and ministry. 
Jesus lived every moment of his life resting, receiving, and responding to the love of his Father. This is what made his yoke so easy. My yoke is easy. The word easy has two meanings. It can mean kind when referring to people or well-fitting when referring to things. He's saying, my yoke is well-fitting. My yoke was designed specifically for you. My yoke is, is designed specifically for you to bear so that you would find your identity in the Father. Friends, Jesus invites us to come to him just as we are. He's with us here this morning by his Spirit, opening us up from within, helping us see the kingdom of God all around us. He wants to show us how to live a life of faith, hope, and love, free from worrying about the future or stuck in the past, but able to rest in the present moment with him, receiving from him and responding to his love. How do we enter into this experience? Take off the yoke you're wearing that's weighing you down. Turn to Jesus Take up his yoke, put it on, and Jesus himself will lead you and guide you into rest. When our souls are rested, we're more able to explore and problem solve and create. When our inner world is still and storms outside arise, we find that we can more easily access patience and kindness. When we experience the love of God, we find our unique place in the world. We grow secure in our identities as children of God. And we want to give away whatever it is that we receive from him. Jesus is inviting us, come to me, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. Let's take a moment and respond to this invitation by doing a very simple practice that you can do on your own. <laughs> it's very simple. It's palms up, palms down. You may have done it before. It's very simple. To begin with, just get comfortable where you're seated. Take a few deep breaths. Acknowledging God's presence here with us this morning. He's inviting us to come to him and to take his yoke upon us. But in order for us to do this, we need to take off the old yokes that we're wearing. So what's weighing you? down this morning? What's heavy on your heart this morning? It could be something that you're worried about in the future. It could be something that you've done or that's been done to you in the past that you just can't seem to let go of. It could be a concern that you have for a loved one. as an act of taking the yoke you're wearing off, I invite you to, to turn your palms face down and let go of it. 
whatever it is. Now turn your palms up as a symbol that you desire to receive from Jesus. Lord Jesus, we thank you for inviting us to share in your relationship with your Father. Like little children, we come to you with open hearts and open hands, longing to be filled with your love and your joy and your peace. Heal us in the ways that we need to be healed. Prune us of whatever is preventing us from abiding in your presence. Purify our hearts that we would choose to put you first above all things. And give us courage and opportunities to share what we receive from you with those around us. We ask this in your holy name. Amen.